0: And welcome to the Men Up Podcast. I'm Christian Shabu. Will Van Dyke.
1: Lamar Womble.
0: And thank you for joining us this week and every week as we dig into culture, current events, and our own events, and as we redefine manhood and masculinity so that all of us, however we identify, can all thrive. All right, y'all have been with us now for much of season two. You know how we like to start it off here. It's with the starting lineup. We ask a question At random to help us get in the flow of things, to help us get to know each other better, and hopefully for you to get to know us and have some time to reflect as well. So, Lamar, you have got the starting lineup question this week. What do we got?
1: The question that I have for y'all is what is something in your life that is holding you back from being fulfilled? Woo! Coming out with that
2: heavy, heavy hitter question. Uh not getting enough sleep holds me back. I'm, you know, at a deficit every day, waking up, not ready to, you know, I mentally in my head, the words are formed. Let's get after it. But the body doesn't receive that message all the time. And then, and then it sort of snowball effects from there. But then the other one is, you know, I forget if it was actually on the record or just like one of the sessions, but very early on when we started doing a lot of this you guys called out a term that I had not heard before, which is the imposter syndrome and imposter syndrome It actually is is something that I have as part of the conversation that we're about to have today but uh i think i think I, I think it 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 defines me quite well, which is sort of this like I know that I'm in positions of uh power and of leadership and all those sort of things, but that those positions don't Necessarily fit my current worldview of myself, and there's sort of an you know a, a level to which I don't feel like I necessarily belong in the positions that I'm in because of you know certain you know either expectations of myself or you know sort of the the way in which I view myself and those sort of things.
1: Word, that's real.
2: Shabu. There's probably several things,
0: right? There there are several things that are holding me back from the ultimate happiness and and life that I want to live because I want things to be done quickly. I want things to progress and happen quickly. I think what often happens is that particularly if I'm working in teams, right, or knowing that like I, I actually deeply value teams and cultivating teams. But the flip side of that is like if something's not happening in my timeline, right, or happening in the kind of time I hope it is, I'll just, I'll just default to like, well, F it, I'll just do it myself right? And there are a lot of things that I think I default to like, well, F it, I'll just do it myself. And that's unsustainable, right? There's only so much any one of us, there's only so much I can do in any given day, month, year, right? And so I think that that's something that actually holds me back is my ability to to bring other people in. And then also, you know, my relationship to time and and timeline and, and, you know, the when I think things can get done, should get done will happen.
1: That's real. I I love all that. And that's actually interesting because I'm going to give probably the counter to what both of you said about what I think kind of holds me back is that I feel like I have a wonderful relationship with time and success in life. Um, And I think what that has done to me is that sometimes it makes me question if I'm doing enough, right? Because I think that I don't feel the pressure of like, oh, like, this project needs to be done by, you know, this time or else I'm going to keep doing, like I'll stop working and not care. Right. And I think to your point earlier, Will, you were saying like, I've been busting my ass and it's hard for me to take the vacation I need. Like I will take the vacation and not, and not think twice to your point, Shabu around like the timeline of like, I need to kind of move inside of other people's time and kind of like be understanding of that like, I don't have a problem doing that because I'm like, well, it'll get done when it'll get, when it gets done, right? But I think it also holds me back accessing my greatest version, right? Like when you called me out on that on the video thing, like I knew I had to have that in there, Christian. Like I knew that, right? And because I have this relation with time that is kind of laissez faire sometimes, it wasn't in there. You know what I mean? And so. I think about often, like, could I be greater? Could I be doing more? Could I be giving more of my time and energy to being more of an executor? Like, and it's a question that I have, it's ongoing. And I just try to live with it, knowing that like, you're doing enough.
0: You are great at that, Lamar. Like, as far as like having perspective of like, I am doing enough. And I think like, honestly, a lot of times in our conversation, like, I'll I'll be coming to you in conversation, like with the hope that you offer that perspective, right? Because I think they're like, I operate from a place of like, always thinking like it's never enough right <laughs> like there's always more to do right like and, and so yeah i think that, like having that balance having those kind of
1: people in your team your community exactly necessary. right like the podcast, it needs that i guess that's everyone's role yeah so mm-hmm. interesting and that's why teams are important like to your point well team
0: we are going to get into it today i don't know if y'all feel as ready as i do but lamar i think that, that question was great to to launch us in our conversation today when we're talking about teams, when we think about where we've been this season so far, particularly the last couple episodes, you know, we talked uh, a bit about leadership in our last episode, and we talked about holding uh, leaders accountable. And I, and I think another area that we were all really excited to talk about in season two here is is women. And leadership, right? And and really, what we're learning, what we have learned in our own lives, but what we're learning from this moment in time uh, around women and leadership, and and how do we actually create the space uh, for that kind of necessary leadership?
2: There's been so many uh, amazing examples within the last year of women leaders in spaces that you know we necessarily weren't expecting or haven't seen. You know, uh, I, I think you know the three that came to mind most prominently i follow politics all the time and so it's you know political leaders right now the at least early in the pandemic and you know um somebody that really took charge of this thing and 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 came out having essentially done all the right moves but 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 had a very clear leadership style was the prime minister of new zealand jacinda ardern uh, she really uh, was able to grasp the nuances of what her particular country needed, but then how to also explain it, I think, to the global community as well as to how you know the, the decisions that she was making locally, you know, could be decisions that others could make and you know they're having concerts there with you know 40,000 people and you know that they're they're obviously I mean a whole host of other reasons why it was so successful for her country but the fact that she was able to take you know the particular or make the decisions that she was able to make during that time and deliver results for her people was just a a, a prime example of uh allowing and, or, or just giving space to women to lead. I mean, she was in a position of leadership to begin with, so it wasn't like it was a surprise that she was leading, but really to just hone in and highlight her success, I think is, is really important, particularly in that moment. And then obviously two uh, US-based politicians who uh, just really came through uh, in the last year in terms of the way that they were uh, able to lead in their respective ways. Kamala Harris as the vice president for Sever in the US. I mean, just the the way in which she was able to take that position. And now granted she's, you know, sort of second in command, but at the same time, that is a position of leadership. She was able to, you know, navigate a a particularly difficult campaign path and and get to, you know, the, the position that she's in. And so I'm excited not only to see her continue to succeed in, in the sphere and 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 to see what she can bring to, you know, in, in this administration, but um, just the way in which she was able to navigate all of that was, was uh, particularly interesting. And then the other was Stacey Abrams, um, what she was able to do in Georgia, the way in which she was able to uh, organize uh, a truly masterful performance in terms of how you can not go too big and really look at the way in which she could dramatically affect what was right in front of her, which was the state of Georgia. And, and she didn't, you know, she had such a successful, I mean, it, it ultimately wasn't successful, but had such uh success in, in running for governor that she could have easily launched that into some sort of national uh, position, but she really, buckled buckled in took the wheel on that democratic you know organization car and and said i'm gonna deliver what i need to deliver in the state of georgia and she did in just a masterful way i wonder from those examples what have
0: we learned individually like what what did we see from them that it's like oh i would i would apply that to my own leadership or i would apply that to the standard of leadership that i would expect from anybody moving forward
2: I talked about it in the opening question, um, the the starting lineup question. Um, I, you know, obviously came to know this this term, the imposter syndrome. And Jacinda Ardern says that she's got that as well. But she's like the prime minister of a of a huge, you know, of a, of a country. Like, and and the fact that I was able to relate so much to somebody of that prominence and that type of thing in in, in such a very specific way I think is is a fascinating takeaway from some of that but then her and Stacey Abrams to a certain extent also are are very um hesitant to take full credit from any of this and they lean on the collaborative nature to which they build a team around them
0: whether it's Stacey Abrams or another uh woman in Atlanta, Latasha Brown, who is one of the co-founders and leaders of Black Voters Matter, you think about the patience that those women had in what they built, right? Stacey Abrams, great example, is like uh, the movement by which she gets credit for, like took at least 10 years to actually build, right, in Atlanta, right? And, and is often the story that we, we hear with so many of these incredible um, women leaders that have have stepped up in the last several years, is that like, it was a patience and, and, a, and a vision for something bigger and commitment to that over time that, that really has created a difference, right? And, and that's certainly somewhere where I can grow. Like, I, I, I want results. I, I want something to happen, like, much quicker than, than, you know, 10 years. Like, I want things to happen in, like, a year, two years, right? Tops, right? And so I think that kind of patience and perspective is, is something that I know I can actually learn from a lot.
1: Y'all are talking um, macro, I think like high level national conversation, national leaders. And I'm, you know, I think for me, it's a very micro conversation and not that y'all don't have like those very personal examples of women leaders have influenced you. But, you know, off tops, I'm thinking about uh, two people immediately. I'm thinking about my mom. Um, And I know, I know y'all know that y'all mother's um, have influenced you all heavily and how you show up in life and as leaders. Uh, so I think about my mom and how she's just a socialite, right? My mom taught me how to interact with the world in a positive way and to, to ask people questions and learn about them and connect with them. And that's kind of what she's done her entire life. And I've always admired that of her. Uh, but also watching her do that taught me how to do it. Uh, so I think about her a lot. And I also think about uh, my partner, Zena. Um, Zena has taught me a lot over the last, you know, five years that we've been together about uh, about empathy and, and seeing the other side of the coin and, and understanding where people are coming from and not taking things personal when someone is frustrated, upset, doesn't necessarily mean it's about you. Uh, I think about those two initially, and then I think about all the wonderful women that I've had the opportunity to be led by. Um, I think about Salome Herlima, I think about Eleanor Cluvio, excuse me. Uh, Eleanor Jewell, I should say, Um, I think about uh, my first boss uh, back in Nebraska, uh, Chris Lever. Um, I've only been led by women, except for my my first job out of college, I had a a, a male boss, Andre Lee, shout out to him, Um, and I did learn a lot, but I've only been led by women, and I think um, because of that, I've just learned so much about um, community, group dynamics, empathy, uh, compassion, understanding, but also at the same time, like don't get it twisted. These women are high accountability women as well. Um, and I've learned a lot about accountability and execution from them too.
0: I mean, we should probably take a moment since you brought it up Lamar, we're going to have an episode coming up in the next couple of weeks focused on our moms focused on mother's day. Right. So y'all check that out. It's going to be beautiful. I am sure. Uh, but you mentioned, right? Like, what, what have we learned from our moms about leadership, right? And the way we want to lead our own lives, but also, you know, lead other people, lead teams, leading our professions, right? So, so Will, for you, like, what have you learned from your mom over the years about that kind of leadership?
2: She's an interesting uh, case uh, to watch because she is, and, and Shibu, you might share some of this too, but she has been fiercely independent for a, a number of years, but I think particularly in the last few years, my mom has had to rely more on a community level of support that I think has been new to her and to be able to handle a lot of that with the sort of grace and yet determination that, that she's been able to show has been inspiring in, in a number of ways. And, and, you know, that transition between being a person who, singularly, you know, wants to do things on her own to now saying, okay, you know, what is the posse able to do? That's what we called her sort of group of friends who were helping her through the last few years, but essentially always making sure that the community was considered in terms of any de- any decision that was happening.
0: You know, that fierce independence, I'd, I'd say like definitely, you know, saw that from my mom and 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 I think not just the fierce independence, but like ownership over like, here are the things I'm responsible for and I will like own them entirely. I think like that is something that I learned uh, from my mom around leadership that I, that I apply now. I think also like having a spirit of like, figure it out, right? Like there, there, I saw my mom so much like, there were things that like, whether she knew what to do in the moment or like didn't know what to do, like she would always approach it with like, I'm gonna figure this out. Like here's this challenge, I'm going to figure it out, right? Like, and I think that that is, a, that is something that I do to this day and is a direct result of seeing her do that and, and seeing that like, you, you can accomplish a lot, right? Like having that spirit, whether it's individually or on a team. You know, Mother's Day is just around the corner. And while flowers and framed pictures are great, yes, these are my go-tos for Mother's Day gifts. But after the year we've all had this Mother's Day, I'm going with something sweeter, Chip in a Bottle. Whether it's award-winning truffles, delectable macarons, or maybe even a made-to-order treat, Chip in a Bottle is the move to make this Mother's Day the sweetest yet, which our mothers and motherly figures definitely deserve. Visit chipinabottle.com to place your order for Mother's Day or any special day today. Chip in a Bottle is the new taste in chocolate and the official sponsor of Season 2 of the Men Up Podcast. uh lamar you have a piece of paper as you do every week behind you uh for those folks that get to see us from the recording if you're checking out our youtube uh please do uh or if you see us on instagram every once in a while when we're posting you'll see that it says who runs the world girls shout out to beyonce but lamar i'm wondering why did you decide to put that up there
1: yeah i think i think for me man like it's just learning to um put your ego aside men um and learning to check your privilege men and learning to elevate women and not that they need my elevation um but i have chosen to um be someone that listens um to their experience and um elevate them or listen to their experience change my behavior where where necessary um, and, and elevate them um, at, at any opportunity that I have um, in order to do that. And I think that's what's needed, continuously needed um, to kind of buck the system that we have now of the pay gap, of the leadership gap, of uh, even in more in particular and more specific to uh, Black women and Black women in leadership. Uh, we just have to continue to elevate, elevate them. And so uh women have raised the entire world they have raised us they have left an impression on us and we are who we are because of the women that are in our lives and so the idea that they aren't the strongest leaders or that they aren't um capable of what men are capable of is obviously a fundamental lie
0: we hear uh, not just in the last several years in our current society but but over generations right like there there will be men that acknowledge whether it 's their moms, their sisters, other women in their lives, and like the the lessons that they 've taught them that they 've brought to their leadership and how they show up right and so we understand on that like here are the things that really shaped us as men, whatever leadership opportunities we get, and yet we still live within a system within a society that is founded in in a white patriarchy right that like doesn't create the space for the very leadership that we identify has shaped us, but doesn't actually create the space. So, so I just wonder, like, what, what is it going to take for, for, for men specifically to actually create that space? What does it mean for us very tangibly to whether it's elevate, you know, women's voices or create space, right? These are things we hear a lot in our society that can easily become like, you know, present day jargon, right? Create space, elevate. But, but what does it tangibly mean?
1: I think sometimes we get we get caught up in the the social media society cancel culture type conversation, which which makes which makes it seem like you could easily look into the world and be like, "What are you talking about?" I know tons of women leaders, right? But then when you look at the data, you know that's just not true, right? And like I know tons of women that make a lot of money, but then when you look at the data, we know it's just like it's just fundamentally different. Like it's just not it's not necessarily true. Um, and so I think for me, what I've become clear on is, you know, we have in our country an idea that you work for everything that you get, right. You gotta work for it. Like America, pull yourself, pull yourself up by the bootstraps, right. Which drives me crazy because it's just like, it's a marketing campaign that is like flawed in so many ways. Cause it's like, yes. That is how America was built by working your way up by the bootstraps, right? By free slave labor. Mm. Think about it. Right. But that's what our country kind of lives by. And the problem with that is, is that once you do that, now you, as a man, a lot of times men, I don't want to, I don't want to generalize. I'm not even going to say that when you get into a position of power, then you feel like you've earned it ultimately. Right. And what I'm saying, what needs to happen is that like men and whoever's in power, you got to take a step back and we have to start giving things away. Right. And this is not like giving anybody doing a favor, but giving people that deserve it the opportunity to be in the position that they have deserved and earned that they just can't get, can't quite get access to. And so, my thing is that like people need to start stepping down and giving positions of power away.
2: You know, we 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 think very macro. Lamar, you made the point of like a macro decision that is like big ticket, like fix the figurehead and right, make that more inclusive at the very top. But going down levels to where simple, not role reversals, not necessarily role changes, but like things that I found that are places where, uh men can support the women too who are either leading the discussions making the things like in a meeting when you're in meetings that are happening like in a professional setting or community organization setting men are capable of taking notes you know what i mean like men are capable of you know recording the necessary points within a thing you don't have to pass that off to like a woman, because then that takes you out of the conversation. And it does you, you, you like you can be out of that conversation, but be contributing in a supportive way to the dialogue that's happening, you know, in, in very fundamental, but like tiny behind the scenes ways that are impactful for the how the how it drives the conversation, right? i I found like subtle ways to do some of that sort of thing where it takes me out but it keeps me focused. It keeps me engaged in all of that, but it allows space for everybody else to to have the dialogue that's necessary for those conversations. So like finding subtle ways too that is supportive. One of the ways, and it is still the most challenging thing for me to do in my professional space is to, uh, you know, there is a notion where you have to inform sort of up the chain, right? and you're making decisions on a regular basis but my block a lot of times is like i know my decision making is sound but i'm not getting the summarization of the decision that i've made condensing it and then and then like elevating it so that the people above me women who are in positions of power above me are informed for the 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 essentially the next conversation that happens based on the decisions that I've made. So like informing them of things that I'm doing empowers them to go on and like either course correct and be like, Hey man, like that isn't the decision that we want to make because if they're, if I'm setting them up to be caught off guard in whatever next meeting they're in, that's, that's a power move by me subconsciously. And that's like stuff that I got to get myself out of.
1: I like that. That's that's cool. That's cu- that's cool. And it's real subtle.
2: Will, I think you
0: present something really powerful for all of us to take away, not just the three of us on this podcast, but for all of us, right? That like, I think part of the challenge, right? If we're going to make changes and we're saying that like, oftentimes men's voices, men's leadership is is valued and put ahead, particularly white men like you and I, right? Like if that's where we're currently at, what is it going to look like to make shifts? And you're talking about that there's a leadership that is supportive rather than leading from the front. And that's where we can really, you know, start to make shifts, right? And, and subtle changes in our daily actions and the things that we're doing. I think what it brought up for me is that, you know, one of the things that I've noticed, like, in spaces where it is very collaborative, right, is like oftentimes, like whether it's a, a topic uh, to discuss with a team, like there's an issue, you're trying to work through a challenge, right? You, I'll put that thing out there, whatever the challenge is, or somebody will put that thing out there, right? And it, it will, it is more often than not, a, a male voice that first fills the space, right? Like, it's this like, you know, if, if there isn't, if there isn't any sort of um, response immediately, like, at some point, as men, myself included, right? Like, I'll be like, oh, well, I got to fill the void, right? And so like, there's this practice of like, One, being okay with silence and the awkwardness of that when we're in like group settings. But I think uh, a more empowering point there would be like, if there is a space by which we're telling people to come together to solve challenges, then what are we doing to help set people up? Hopefully our teams are diverse and have, um, have women, have people that don't identify either gender that are racially diverse, right? But that we're preparing people to be able to step into that meeting and contribute and not just, you know, respond in the moment. So, as we're wrapping up this conversation, at least for today, I'm sure we're going to come back over and over again to uh, women and leadership and their influence on our leadership and and how we just need their leadership in our society if we're going to move forward. You know, I think that it's an interesting thing to note that you know for our team here. Obviously, Drew's not with us for this episode this week, uh, but for our team here, you know, each one of you uh, has children. Uh, each one of you has daughters. Right. And so I'm interested to think about, you know, what are we seeing uh, in our society right now and maybe moving forward that that makes you hopeful for the, the type of leadership and the type of space that that hopefully your daughters, hopefully for for many women in this next generation can really step into like what what
2: are you hopeful for? I, I just because I want to make this point. I, I, so raising leaders within our, you know, with, uh, with our daughters is incredibly important to me but I want to make sure that the trope of, because I have a daughter, it makes me feel this way as a trope is, is just so flawed in so many ways. You do not, it is not a requirement to have daughters to feel like you should be elevating women and raising women and empowering women. Like it is, it is uh, such a flawed mindset. So I want to make sure that I get across the point, like, we we don't have to have daughters in order to think you know that women can be in positions of power and leadership leaders and all that sort of thing like with that being said those of us who do have daughters absolutely finding role models getting books of like a diverse level of leadership positions and and finding ways in which you know one of the one of the the i mentioned earlier kamala harris she wrote a she wrote like a children's book i like got her i got my daughter that children's book like finding ways to incorporate leadership and true you know like traditional leadership roles that traditionally have been held by men i think is incredibly important but is like the minimum level of entry for you know empowering making sure that we're not doing the same thing in a private Family environment of like interrupting them, right? And we're not doing things as 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 grown men by like downplaying their you know contributions to the household and you know genderizing them and those sort of things that are like you know just so commonplace and can be so uh, subconscious. I think are all really really important things. I
1: honestly do not believe, and I will not raise her to believe that there are limitations or anything that she cannot do and not to not that doesn't go to say that like we won't also entrench her in the realities of what's happening um in the world but i don't want to have her in a mindset that barrier barriers do exist right so it's going to be this middle line of like barriers exist but then you have the capability to overcome them
0: well, I, I think that it's important that you identified, you know, the point of, you don't need to have a daughter to, you know, be seeking um, equality, equity for women, for people who don't identify as men or women, right? Like, I think that that's really important. That was not my intention. But but I understand that, like, it is a trope that easily gets used time and time again. So I appreciate you uh, pointing that out. And, and I think to your point, like, yeah, I, I don't, have kids at all. I have plenty of young people in my life, right? Like, and, and I think the thing that uh, makes me hopeful uh, is two things. One, you pointed out already, Will, I think that the more and more uh, very public examples that we have, you have brought up Kamala Harris, we've talked about Stacey Abrams, we've identified a whole bunch of women that have like, shown up in their leadership positions and just excelled and just like, taken the bar for the kind of leadership we expect to the next level i think that makes me really hopeful uh and then the second piece is that you know at least in in my life the last several years have been like the first time that i've seen spaces like this podcast and in other places where like men are willing to men are willing to wrestle with just what it is to to create space for people that are unlike ourselves right to not just you know look out for our buddies in our professional life or even in our personal life but but actually like understand what it means to create spaces that are equitable and equal and and understand where we're complicit in not doing that and how we can do things differently like those are the things that make me hopeful y'all know that we like to leave you with whatever ideas people resources are helping us to level up we like to call it the outlet pass so for me this week, you know, we have identified this idea of space and, and how are we creating space. I think one of the things that's really important is to understand, as men at least, how are we influencing the spaces around us, whether that is like very physical public spaces or our teams or wherever it is, right? Like how we take up space, right? And I think that an article that I read that was really just helpful to, and was helpful to just get me in the mindset for this episode, but also just in general, like understand how do we just like take up space even when we don't know we're taking up space is an article, is a essay, if you will, by Jamie, Uh, in everyday feminism you can check it out it's from several years ago uh, but it'll be in the show notes here but really powerful to understand you know just what are the ways subtly and very explicitly we take up space
1: I can't help but think about you know competition I think about uh, some of the things that you said earlier about uh, men are usually the first ones to answer and I think there's something about like like competition and success and being driven that kind of like men they it kind of puts men in a position to show up that way. And I think about myself and I'm like all those things like I don't really have. And so like I'm not like wildly competitive. Like I don't have like this wild drive to be successful. So like a lot of those things that probably how men show up, I just haven't experienced personally because like that's not kind of how I tackle life. You know what I mean? In in a weird way. So it's I just thought about that and wanted to share.
0: That's powerful. Yeah, Lamar, I, th- I think what's great about this uh, essay is like, it reminds me of things like even just in physical space and very public spaces, like do this as, a, as a, do this as an exercise next time you're out. And I, I say this to you, Lamar, but also all of us, like watch people walking down the street and watch how men very deliberately walk down and don't make space for other people.
1: Yeah, right? Zena like, says that all the time. She literally says it all the time.
0: It's it's incredible to watch. And you're just like, oh shoot, I've definitely been doing that too for much of my life. Like that's crazy. I won't move for other people.
2: I'm six three, two hundred pounds. I take up a ton of space. I try I, so, yeah. I used to be in New York City. I used to probably manspread quite a bit, you know, making sure <laughs> that I wasn't sat yeah. next to or anything like that. But like I'm just a big dude. So like I'm trying to constantly make sure that I'm not physically taking up space because, you know, every time I was at like a concert, you know, I would, I would try to make sure I'm not standing in front of somebody who's five, seven and they're just staring at the back of my neck. I'm, you know, those types of things that being, you know, just physically aware of, you know, my, my presence in the world, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm like, then there's just so many tropes, but like people are like, Oh, you're baiting yourself or you're doing it's no, it's not none, yeah. none of that. It's just, just like way. being respectful to the rest of humanity yeah. that like, I can yeah. make that choice.
1: That's the progress over perfection, right? Like this constant progression towards, how can I be better? Take up less space yeah. and realize that you can take up less space and still be as powerful
2: all
0: right y'all well that is it for today's episode thank you so much for joining us we hope that you're leaving with a level up and that you will join us again on apple podcasts or on spotify for the rest of season two so please subscribe review and spread the good word so that we can all redefine and thrive we appreciate y'all the men up podcast is a grin and bear production the soundtrack is courtesy of mike mcginley music and visual artwork by viati design studio Video clips from each episode are edited by Joe Oliveri. The executive producer and editor on The Men Up podcast is me, Christian Shabu. You can listen to us every week on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or by visiting themenup.com.